Welcome to your commercial-free, uninterrupted investment show, sponsored by the SEC-registered investment firm, Wilsey Asset Management, a fiduciary firm owned and operated by President Brent Wilsey, who has been putting clients' investment needs first for over 40 years. The Smart Investing Show has been giving unbiased financial information for over 27 years on local radio stations right here in San Diego, providing you with fundamental analysis on stocks and investments you want to know about. Now, here are your hosts, Brent and Chase Wilsey. Well, welcome to the Swan Investing Show. I'm Brent Wilsey, president of Wilsey Asset Management. Great to have you here today talking about investing, the economy, all the things we talk about. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, portfolio splits, gross domestic product, and also to later on taking your calls. And with me is Chase. Chase. Hey there. How are we doing? Uh, just want to, <laughs> you know, say good morning. As always, here to take your calls. Phone number here, 833-288-0973. Again, 833-288-0973. Got to say, I was uh, thrown off there. I started the show last year without you, or last week without you. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Uh, last week. Oh, yeah, because my bad. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm not starting. <laughs> I got to respond. <laughs> well, and actually, uh, you guys had a great game last night. You're the linebacker coach for Poway High, and uh, so you might be, I don't know if you guys want to celebrate, but uh, you guys moved on to the... To the We're moving on to playoffs. Playoffs. No, only undefeated team in San Diego. We had an easier schedule than some of the other teams in San Diego, but, uh, you know, looking forward to whoever we get to play in the next round. So it's going to be a exciting couple weeks here for us you can play next week or no we get a bye week bye week okay so we'll find out in two weeks what happens so yep. we're good well uh quite the week here in the uh the markets and so forth but uh, let's talk about some uh things here that we find important uh let's talk about the portfolio splits now uh, I, I've been investing money for clients for over 40 years, and it was not long into my career that I, I questioned rules of thumb, like the best portfolio is a 60-40 split of stocks and bonds. I, I always felt it was better to research deeply investments that were undervalued and would do well going forward. My fear has proven to come true over the years. Especially now, as according to Bank of America, the 60-40 split portfolio is having its worst year. Wow. In a hundred <laughs> years, as the annualized change in its recent year-to-date value is down 34.4%. Year-to-date, we are down a little bit in our portfolio, but based on what we have, I still believe we can have a positive return come December 31st, 2022. With a 60-40 split based on what we see going forward, I don't think that has a break-even for at least three to five years. I still stand behind the statement that the rules of thumb when it comes to investing, they just simply don't work. And, and the problem, we've talked about this, is for bonds to recover here over the next couple of years, especially if you have longer dated bonds, it's going to take interest rates to go back down. Right. And I've said this before, I don't think the 10-year treasury is going back down to 1% anytime no. soon. So it, it's going to be a very difficult thing for bond investors, and we haven't had bonds in the portfolio, we still don't have bonds in the portfolio, but the people that have kept them, they're starting to realize, oh, I thought bonds were safe. They're, they're not safe. The 60-40 split, year-to-date performance of it, I, I believe last time I checked, it was down uh, about 20% year-to-date. That's not what people that go into bonds anticipate when they're investing and looking for safety. And the other problem too, Chase, is that uh, back years ago, if you had a bond and it was paying 7 or 8% and it went down, uh, you know, you would get seven to eight percent to recoup your losses, and that'd be in two years, that'd be 14 to 16 percent. 
Well, now these bonds, some of them are paying two or three percent. One percent. One. Well, I was trying to be generous. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm being realistic here. <laughs> but I'll just use a two or three percent. So if you're down ten percent, uh, it would take you just based on if everything's being equal, it would take you five years and only two percent to get back just to break even. And that's what you have to realize that the rates were so low in these bonds that you bought. And you're right. I don't see rates going back down. You're not going to get the recovery from the interest rate. It's going to be a terrible investment for the next five years. Well, and then with bonds, what you could do, people say, no, 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 but if I hold it to maturity, I don't lose on the price. Yeah, you're right. I guess you can collect 1% for another nine <laughs> years, and we're we're having inflation. We know that. Right. And we don't think inflation is going, again, back down to 2%. So congratulations. You're earning your 1% interest for the next nine years. That is going to be detrimental to your, your future net worth, your future economic purchasing power. I, I mean, it, it was a it was a huge mistake to buy bonds. And you gotta, again, understand how finance work, how there's that negative correlation with interest rates. And, and people that bought bonds, it, it was a dangerous thing that you did for your financial future. And, and that's why, uh, again, I've been in the industry for over 40 years now, why I feel equities are the best. And the thing you gotta realize, you're gonna have volatility. Yeah. You're gonna have losing quarters, losing years but you will do far better in the right equities. And again, we talk about value investing, not you know gambling on you know uh, uh, some other crazy stock or cryptos or whatever, but, but buying true good companies, you will far outperform anything else if you understand what you're doing. That's how we you know, have grown the firm to a half a billion dollar firm by actually doing that. Yeah, and, and the thing is that it's interesting is Harrison and I talked last week on the show was we might have bonds in the portfolio next year. I mean, yeah. it could happen. And people are like, oh, they're just equity guys. No, we, we buy real estate. We buy bonds. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we buy equities. Right. We, we bought gold in the past. We'll buy whatever we see that's going to be a good fit in the portfolio. But, you know, I'm not just going to buy bonds to, to satisfy somebody that has a low risk tolerance and wants to be conserved in their investments because it's going to hurt them. Yeah, and I'm not going to tell people. Yeah, it's a good idea. It it was a terrible idea, and and I know that Bank of America did this uh, this uh, study here. I would love to have someone do a study on how those target date funds are doing. Oh yeah, because we've hated target date funds because again, oh, as you get older, we got to put more in bonds to be safe. I, I imagine some of those that are five year from you know well, what this is twenty twenty so twenty twenty seven target date funds they're probably hemorrhaging right now. Uh, or they still have target date funds that are like 2020. Tar- like, so they, they oh, can still right. occur in the past, yeah. and then they just become more and more heavily weighted into bonds, bonds. after you retire. Yeah, yeah. And and we've talked before on that. We've done posts on it and so forth about the fees on those target date funds. Now you've got the, the decline in the bonds. Uh, never liked them, never will like them. The and net just, redemptions. <laughs> net redemptions. Yeah, that's, that's true as well. So, um, and I just hate when I see somebody and we just saw this the other day, like uh, they had like 20 options, uh, of which like 15 were all target date funds. Yeah. Like, oh, that's terrible. Well, let's move on to the gross domestic product because uh, the Q3 GDP produced the first positive growth of the year as it increased at an annualized rate of 2.6%. The consumer continues to remain strong enough to produce growth as the consumption category grew 1.4% in the quarter. This was entirely due to the service economy, which was up 2.8% compared to consumption of goods, which fell by 1.2% the quarter. Gross uh, product, uh, gro- gross private domestic investment continued to struggle as it fell 8.5% in the quarter. This was largely attributable to the decline in residential investment, which fell 
26.4%. You know, in that category, a couple of highlights there. Equipment and intellectual property products were actually positives. They grew 10.8% and 6.9% respectively. I think that's actually a big positive that, that businesses are still investing in equipment. That, I think, is a sign that, you know, yeah, we might have a recession, but it's not going to be a terrible recession. Right. If businesses are still investing, I still see that as positive. Uh, another thing that was a drag on the GDP report was the change in private inventories continued to weigh on the report as it subtracted 0.7% from the headline number. And with the heavy inventories at retailers, I believe this could remain subdued for the next quarter as well. The major highlight came from the trade component, which added 2.77% to the headline number. So without that, the GDP report would have actually been negative. This came as exports climbed at an annualized rate of 14.4%, and imports fell at an annualized rate of 6.9%. With the likelihood of the strong dollar remaining in place through the remainder of the year, I'm skeptical that we will see another major benefit to trade as we close out the year. The final component, which is government, was also a benefit as it added 0.42% to the headline number. Overall, I'd say the GDP report was good, especially considering a lot of the fear from people at this time. Yeah, and, and that was quite the report. I saw somebody like, oh, it's because of government spending. Government spending did not show up at all. It was because of the strong dollar and the decline of imports uh, coming in. Mm -hmm. And partly you and I talked during the week, and we, this is what we do on Saturday morning. We kind of share our thoughts during the week that we have, but uh, we talked about the, the pullback in China. Uh, yeah. So that could have been a factor as well. So if China reopens and starts doing a lot more production, will that change in the next quarter? And I, I was reading the other day that, you know, she, President Xi now with his kind of new party that's in place and um, I don't know the exact structure of the Chinese government, how, what they're called and so forth, but they said essentially they're doubling down on the zero COVID policy. And oh. that, again, could weigh on trade for us because if we're not bringing in as many imports from China as we were in the past, well, that actually, again, is a benefit to GDP because we're not importing as much. And then also, too, if China is not exporting their goods around the country, well, we may be having to pick up slack. Also, too, we talk a lot about energy. I Unfortunately, this report didn't break out necessarily what our, our exports were, but I'm very curious what our energy exports are because we know Europe now is right. not able to get their energy from Russia as they were kind of <laughs> at the beginning of the year. So how much is that helping with our trade as we're sending more energy to our European allies? Yeah, and I, I don't have the number on that, but I did see that came up in the Wall Street Journal that, uh, yes, that was one of the factors of us shipping more energy to Europe to help out their situation. And I did also see, too, that uh, Europe is abundant in natural gas now. I guess we've done a great job with that which helps the whole world situation because, oh my gosh, you're gonna freeze over in Europe. And they, they said in the Wall Street Journal that if they have a really cold winter, it's gonna be a problem. Yeah. But a normal winter, winter, they have enough supply to not have a situation. And we have seen natural gas, I mean, at one point natural gas, like $10 a, a BTU, British thermal unit. Mm -hmm. uh, and now I think it's, I saw it at five and change. Yeah. So that that's helped a lot. So we, we fix that situation. Um, but also too, I was going to say on, on, on the, uh, the, the uh, GDP report, uh, it, it could change next quarter no. uh, because it was a benefit in the strong dollar, which I don't think the dollar will get stronger. I don't think it'll get weaker, but, uh, and also to people, well, not people, but uh, the United States, we are not doing as much with China because they're just shut down. But we're now finding, well, let's work with uh, Thailand. Let's work with uh, Vietnam, Vietnam. Yeah. I mean, different ones. So, which I prefer because I, I, I 
written this many times that I am very afraid of China. I even said this on the Dr. Phil show, Ron, yeah. that I'm concerned about China because now she uh, is a dictator. He can do what he wants to do. And he has said that, yes, we are going to be a global world power. And if we keep giving them money, that there are some, we, we did this, I don't think we, we talked about it today, but I'll just throw it out there. They now have 2 million men in their army, you know, people, I guess now, uh, versus our 1.4 million, and they now have more ships than we have. They are moving forward to become a world power, and we keep buying their stuff. We just give them the money to do that. So I, I'm glad to see us changing over to Vietnam, Thailand, these other places, uh, diversify the goods, so to speak. Yeah, and I, I, kind of back to GDP as well, is I'm curious to see what's going to happen here at Q4, because, uh, again, a lot of the, the negativity in this report came from, you know, the residential investment here. Mm -hmm. And it was so negative that can it be that negative <laughs> again next quarter? So it was a huge weight to the downside. So I don't think trade is going to weigh as much to the upside as it did this past quarter. But I also don't think that the residential investment is going to be such a negative weight yeah. in the next quarter as well. I, I think that we still could have a positive report. I mean, the consumer is still in a fine spot. We're not, again, booming where the consumption category is going to grow up 5%, let's say, on GDP. But I still think that they, it, they can remain positive. And I, I think Q4 GDP still still should be positive as we close out the year. And, and also, too, let's not forget about uh, we are basically a service-based economy. Yeah. That was up, what, 2.8%. Uh, so services could improve even more. Uh, which could help the GDP. So don't forget that's part of it uh, that, that is changing. Well, well, let's move on to oil companies because I'm sure you have heard all the bad news about all the big profits that oil companies are making. But what you don't hear is how much they spend and what they are doing for a green future. Both Exxon and Chevron are building offshore wind farms, which will supply millions, that's right, millions of homes on the East Coast with electricity. They're also preparing production of hundreds of millions of gallons of fuel, which will come from plants, garbage, and even kitchen grease. Oil giant BP just spent $4.1 billion acquiring a company that replaces fossil fuel gas from wells with naturally occurring biogas from landfills. The oil companies know that the times are changing, and while they are accused of paying out big dollars to the shareholders, they are also investing their profits for a greener future as well. I mean, we've talked about this where these oil companies aren't just standing by and being like, oh, well, times are changing. Yep, we're just going to you know, focus on the past. I mean, we have a refiner in our portfolio that does a lot in the biodiesel right. industry, and the renewable diesel industry is another term for it. That I think that could be a huge help to society. They even say it's more green than electric cars yeah yeah and and and, and that's and somebody says oh the oil companies are done they are not done they they are re uh, developing themselves and also too i read uh, recently too that the the peak on oil probably looking at 2025 to 2030 so it's not like oh it's going to happen tomorrow it's, it's, you got some time on that and think of all the billions of dollars oil companies are going to have to put in R&D to come up with things like the biodiesel, like the wind farms and all the stuff that they're doing. So, um, and they're still not very pricey. When you look at oil companies, they're still trading, eh, I think around 10 times earnings. I will say I am a little skeptical of that multiple, uh, just because they have such high profits right now from what has occurred that I think, I think next year will be fine, but maybe two years from now, three years from now, those profits will come back down as I, I think the price of oil, the price of gasoline, diesel will normalize. So I think it is a little bit misleading in terms of the exact valuation that you're getting on that company. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not going to say they're extremely pricey, pricey by any no. means, but I, I don't think they're a, a great value at, right. at these prices. So right. I, I would say just be careful looking at that PE multiple because you have to, again, look at the cyclicality of the energy sector. But I was going to say as well, is it's kind of funny, you call them oil companies. I, I think we should just call them energy, energy companies. companies. Right, energy companies, yeah. And, and, and that's one thing that uh, you know I look at going forward is that they are going to be changing. They are going to be producing more oil but also using that money to produce new products uh, and, and R&D. So, um, yeah, I don't want to say like, oh, yeah, they're great value. you got to buy these. They were great value two years ago, um, and I'm glad we bought. You know, they, they're all coming to that time frame. But uh, I wish we bought two, yeah. you know. <laughs> I know. You, you should, I'm just saying look at it very, very close. Right. I think there's some energy companies out there that are still good buys at these prices, but you just have to kind of look at it with a little bit of skepticism of, you know, how skeptical. Like, look look at the past 10, 15 years. You can look that up on, on different right. platforms to see how much their earnings kind of change over time and, and the big ups and downs because all of a sudden you can go from having a multiple on the, the earnings of, let's say, 10 times, but then earnings fall off, and now you're trading at 20 times. Right. So just be very careful. Be, of be the careful, exactly. And, and that's the benefit of why we want to run a concentrated portfolio, which a lot of people, oh, you got to have 50, 100 positions. No. Concentrated portfolio is one of the secrets to success of having a, a, a very good return on portfolio. Uh, let's open the phone lines, uh, 833 Two eight eight zero nine seven three. That I get you through for that unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. Again, eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Chase, let's talk about the product shortages because uh, things have really changed about one hundred eighty degrees from less than a year ago when there were shortages of products available. Inventories are now so large on some products at large that that warehouses are bursting at the seams. The vacancy rate in warehouses in the third quarter of 2020 was 5%. That has now declined to 3.2%. And, and currently, businesses are paying more per square foot in warehouses. Last year in the third quarter, it was $7.13 per square foot. The average has now climbed to $8.70 per square foot. What does that mean to you as a consumer? Retailers want to get rid of these items, costing them money just sitting in the warehouses. Consumers could see some great sales coming up in the future. You just got to keep your eyes open. And, and it may not be necessarily what you're exactly looking for. Right. But if you have an open mind of what you want to buy right now, I guarantee you can find some great deals. Because as I said, retailers want to not pay that $8.70 yeah. per square foot. They want to get that out of the warehouse and get rid of it. And sometimes, you know, they sell them to the Marshalls, the Ross stores to kind of mm -hmm. cleanse themselves of that older inventory so they can get the new inventory in. And, and right now we had that huge mismatch after all the, the shipping issues that, that we had uh, over the past couple of years. Yeah. And, and actually, I mean, it's going to be on products like apparel, shoes. Yeah. Uh, that's where you're going to find the, gr the great deals. But again, you're going to get some great deals on that. Unfortunately, Price of chicken probably will not be one. Yeah. <laughs> going to get a good. I deal. do need some new yeah. shoes, so I'm I'm kind of looking out right now. So. Are you hitting for for Christmas no. presents? <laughs> well, let's talk about. We got some exciting news coming up on uh, Thursday, November seventeenth at six p.m. We have not had time to do this. We found the time to do it. I'm talking about a workshop that we've done in the past. And if you never attend the workshop, uh, people just love these. I've done thousands of these now over the last probably twenty five years. And if you're unhappy right now, the returns in your portfolio, you don't know why this. Workshop is for you. Many people right now are afraid to invest these days because, oh, I'm afraid that's going to go down. 
pound more. I'm afraid this is going to happen. We're going to go over why that is. And maybe, just maybe you're so confused you don't know what to do. That's why we talk about using fundamental analysis, which keeps you on track. We show you everything we do, how I built that half billion dollar portfolio uh, for our clients. But what you got to do, you got to sign up. You got to go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. It is a free workshop. We don't charge for it, but you got to show up. It's going to be, again, Thursday, November 17th at 6 o'clock in Scripps Ranch. Again, go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. And, Chase, we love doing these because you get to actually talk to our listeners, talk to other people, uh, see what they've done. Sometimes it's like, oh, that was not very good, but we, I, I like helping people out. And, and again, free. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, you know, as you say, we haven't done one of these in a, a couple months, so it's always nice it's to kind of resurface five it. Five months, I think. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, a first one in our new office, so we're super excited to kind of have people come uh, see the new space, and it, yeah. it'll be a good time. Yep. Yeah. Again, that's smartinvesting2000.com, and that is Thursday, November 17th, 6 o'clock in Scripps Ranch. All right, the phone numbers again are 833 288 0973. That's 833 Before I go to the calls, I've got to promote the, the newsletter because the newsletter, you know, has a lot more information in it. Uh, we have, uh, and then we talk about petroleum reserves. We talk about Tesla stock. Remember Kathy Wood's uh, ARC Innovation ETF. We talk about that, the job market. So if you want to get uh, more information like we talk about here on the show, go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And right there in the middle, about the top of the page, you'll see newsletter. Click on that, and you can get that free newsletter. Every Friday goes out about, I think, 5 o'clock, right? Yeah, some, sometime yeah. around. I know it's a little bit after office hours. Yeah, but but you can read all weekend. And actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get a lot of information. Probably you can read in within five minutes. And you put a lot of information that I, I think is helpful for you. So get a newsletter at our website, smartinvesting2000.com. All right, let's go to San Diego and speak with Wayne. Wayne, you're in the Smart Investor over at Chase. How can we help you? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I'm uh, looking at a uh, stock called BJ Wholesales. It's similar to Costco. But they're on the East Coast, and they're moving to the Midwest. I'd like you to review the numbers. The symbol is BJ. It's moved up to about 10% in the last month, though. Okay. And so you haven't bought it yet? You're just kind of looking no, at it? No, because it okay. keeps going up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I like the concept because when I'm kind of thinking like you, and I've seen this company, could this be Costco at, we'll call it just half price? I do have some friends right. back east, and they're not as excited about BJ's, or people are as excited here about Costco. That was the only thing I was, yeah, it's okay. So, but uh, let's look at the numbers here for you. Again, the company is BJ Wholesales Club, symbol is BJ, uh, the, the uh, discount store industry, 4.7% uh, float, that's not bad at all. Institutional ownership, 101%. Ooh, that means there's probably some short uh, on something's. I always hate when I see that there's something. Coming from the shorts, yeah. Yeah, from the shorts, yeah. So, But that's a big institutional ownership. Uh, we do see that they reported the last period was 731.22. Next report date, 11.17. Look at the P.E. ratio, 21.8. That is below that industry of 28.5. Price to sales looks good, 0.6 versus 0.9. Price to book value, 12.3 versus 6.4. That's not good. These are valuation ratios. You want them lower than the industry. And then we do see price of cash flow. It does look good, 14.9 versus 20.9. 
and a good peg ratio of 3.5, about half the industry at 6.4. Now, we do see over the last year they grew the earnings by 20.3%, about double the industry at 9%. Sales over the last year up 15.9, also far better than the industry at 4.5. We do see a five-year earning per share growth of 6.5%. Uh, not as good as the industry at 9.7. They do not pay a dividend. Uh, we do see on the balance sheet, current ratio 0.7 versus 1.0. A little bit low. I'd be you know watching that. You don't want that to go any lower than that. Uh, debt to equity, not looking good at all. 3.9 versus 0.9. They could have a lot of debt on the balance sheet, which could cause them growth problems going forward. I know you mentioned about them expanding into the uh, the Midwest, but uh, they got to be careful about over-leveraging themselves. We do see a net profit margin, 2.7 versus 3. Return on equity, very good, 57.1 versus 20.1. And return on invested capital, 12.4. Versus 14.8. So kind of some good things here. Chase, what do you got going forward? There's a current price here for uh, BJ's Wholesale Club, $77.81. Close to its 52-week high, $79.69. And the low here, $51.45. It is a decent-sized company with a market cap of $10.5 billion. It is kind of disappointing. I I know people have that affinity to Costco, and they're like, I I mean, I love Costco. Right. That's kind of upsetting. Uh, it would concern me to buy the stock if people that go there are like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big difference yeah. compared to... <laughs> and, 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 and Wayne, I have to interrupt you there and, and say that you said you talked to some friends as well. I mean, how do they, the Beckys, how do they feel about BJ's? Any comments on that? Well, they they like it, but they prefer Costco. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have family in, in, in New England, so they they go back and forth. Okay. All right. So uh, looking at the earnings, I mean, the company is profitable, so that's a good sign. They're still making money. But they go out to January 2024. The estimated earnings per share, $3.90, would give us a target sell price here, $64.74. Unfortunately, that's below the current level here uh, for BJ's Wholesale Club. So it it is actually still a little pricey, even though it's not as pricey as Costco. Yeah, and, th- and those earnings have come up from three six three dollars and sixty seven cents ninety days ago, but still they need to come up a lot more, yeah. or the stock needs to go down and for them to buy. I am curious too because uh, one thing that people really like about Costco from an investment standpoint is the reoccurring revenue on their memberships. How sound is the membership program at BJ's Wholesale Club? That'd be something that I would really want to understand. Again, it's pricey, but if I was looking at buying this business, if it did fall. How, how sound is that membership program? Yeah, and I, and I think, uh, you said the target sell price is what again, Chase? Uh, I always do that to you. I know. You, 80 something? No, 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 it's 60. Oh, wait, so it's below the, uh, the current price. Yeah, it's price. below the yeah. current price. You know what, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. 64.74. So, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed with that, uh, Wayne. I, I was hoping to get some value there. I, I was gonna say do some research on it, but, but I just don't think it's worth it because it's just too expensive. Yeah. So I'd have to go down okay. to probably like 40 for us to get excited about it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried about the recession that's going to come after the beginning of the year. So I just, just think that maybe the consumer will look for discounts. Yep, that that could be, but I think they're going to go to Costco, not BJ's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, guess, I guess so, by those numbers. I appreciate Wait. it, guys. Thanks. Wait, thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, that does open the phone line, 833-288-0973. That's 
0973. And by the way, that was not an endorsement to buy Costco stock. Costco stock is still extremely <laughs> expensive, but I, I still think people will go shop at Costco if we do have a recession here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. And, and Costco, a, a great company, but it's just, uh, again, it's just too expensive and it just, it, it doesn't make sense to buy it. Uh, but I do like going there. I, I don't go there as much as I used to though. I don't know why. I don't either actually. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it, the, the excitement's gone. I don't know. I hate so. to say it. I've been using Amazon a lot more. Really? Yeah. Well, actually, Amazon's way down. Maybe we'll, we'll buy Amazon. <laughs> Not quite yet. It's still expensive. <laughs> but, okay. I, mean, I, I actually think about becoming a Prime member. I haven't Re- made that. Really? And yeah. I, changing. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you got to go where you get good buys as a consumer. It's just easy. <laughs> so, all right. So let's head up to Temecula and speak with John. John, you're in the Smart Invest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Yeah, good morning, Brent and Chase. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, I'm looking at uh, a REIT. Um, I've been looking at some apartment REITs. I'm trying to get maybe in a residential um, aspect of it. And I've been looking at BRT, but it's, uh, it's pretty small. It's only about $350 million, uh, market cap. And so I've kind of set my sights on IRT, Independent Realty Trust, and wondering what your thoughts are on on that read, I like where they are, um, you know, buying property and it's all across the Sun Belt. Um, so I think it might be an, an interesting play. And, and actually, you bring up it's all across the Sun Belt. That's one thing you want to be really cautious of of where you know where they're putting their apartments. And I think you said it's an apartment read, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yep. The, the other thing that I'm seeing, and I'm I'm just talking about here in San Diego. I know you're in Temecula, but I am seeing tons and tons of apartments going up. Now, I did see I go down 15 all the time. Uh, there's a big uh, build there, but it's actually a senior whole, uh, living area. It's uh, in uh, Carmel Mountain Ranch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's going to be senior. But there's still apartments being all built all over the place. So that's one thing I worry about. Will the su- supply a year or two down the road like <laughs> really exceed the demand? But let's look at the numbers here to see if it's worthwhile getting uh, independent Real, real, actually, Independence Realty Trust, IRT is their symbol. Only 2.9% uh, float there on the short side. Institutional ownership, 84%. Uh, P.E. ratio, 26.6 versus 21.2. Uh, price to sales, 6.1 versus 7.8. Price to tangible book value, 1 versus 4.4. That's a big positive there for the company or for the REIT. Uh, price to cash flow, 27.6 versus 18.6. And pay, pay ratio, not very good, 44.7. But the industry is at 278. And that could be because, again, with the REITs, we actually want to look at uh, FFO and I think Chase. I think you covered yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. So uh, we do look at the earnings. They were up 131% uh, over the past year, well ahead of the industry at 14%. Sales up 94.7%, also well above the industry at 8.3. We do see a five-year growth rate of 5% versus 0.5% for the industry. A little bit disappointing in the dividend, 3.3%, but the industry is at 3.2. I know the REITs that we have, they're paying a much higher yield than that, but uh, that's what you get. They use 75% of their earnings to pay that out. We do see that on the uh, balance sheet, uh, current ratio 0.1 versus 2.9, but again, remember this is a REIT. Uh, debt to equity looking pretty good, 0.7 versus 1.0. Net profit margin, 24.3. Very good, but the industry is at 39.1. And return on equity, not very good, 3 versus 7.9. Chase? Yeah, so current price here for, again, Independence Realty Trust, ticker symbol IRT, $16.75. 52-week high here, $28.42 in the low. 
$15.04. Now, if we look at the, again, funds from Operation FFO for December 2023, I see it's estimated to be $1.17. It means they're trading at a, a PE right now about 14.26, but that would give us a target sell price here of $19.42. So it, it, it is above the current level here. Let's see what that would be in terms of a growth rate. It's about 25, 16%. 16%. So I, I would like to see it pull back a little bit more just from a strict value perspective. Again, we like a 30% margin of safety here. Uh, as Brent kind of echoed that, I do want to be cautious on the fact that how many apartments are being built because, uh, you know, we get a very small subset here in San Diego. What's going on? And I saw there in like Raleigh, North Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky. What is that? Those markets kind of look like if you are looking at buying this business. And, and I'm disappointed too that because their high is 28.42 and 16.75, so they've pulled down a lot on their price, and you still only get a 3.3% dividend. That's strange for a REIT. Yeah, I'd like to see, especially at the REIT, a, a nicer yield. And I'd like to see, especially in this type of environment, I'd love to see on the REITs somewhere in the five, six percent range. Yeah. for the real estate. Yeah, and, and I'd want to find REITs that um, hold not apartments, but something that's going to be better down the road. And w we have looked at office REITs. We still haven't said, I eh, still don't think that that's a good place yet. But uh, we, we do like medical REITs. Uh, we like um, gambling REITs. I like know. warehouses. Warehouses. Are just expensive. Yeah, warehouses, yeah. So so I, I, I got to be honest with you here, John. I just don't think I like this one because of what they do. And the numbers just don't pan out for you. All righty. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I thought the uh, to your point, I thought the yield was a little a little low, which is why I was headed maybe towards uh, BRT apartments. And uh, but the, at 400 million, I just thought that might be a little too small a cap to delve into. But they've had a return of 15 percent over the last 15, 20 years. So yeah, not and, hard to bypass. And but, and, and yeah. we and we can't actually buy one that small because we would actually move the market when, when we buy it. But you as an individual investor, you could, but you got to do a lot of research because there's probably not a lot of analysts on it. You have to really understand what you're doing because some small caps become large caps, but you got to, again, check those fundamentals to make sure you know what you're doing on that one. And REITs have also been, like bonds were before this year, REITs were a big benefactor of falling interest rates that really, I think, elevated their yeah. returns. So that past performance yeah. is not, I think, going to be as strong going forward in a, a higher rate environment. I, I don't want to say all REITs are going to struggle, but I think you just got to be more cautious of the REITs that you're buying because it was such a easy environment for real estate investors with a low cost of capital. Yeah. All right, John. Yeah, hundred percent. That yeah, that's 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 my concern going forward too on REITs is, is where we will be with that. So yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate it. All right, you're welcome. Have a good one. Bye bye. bye. All right, that opens the phone line, eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. Again that's eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. And before the next call, I do want to mention again about the workshop coming up Thursday, November 17th at six o'clock in Scripps Ranch. Uh, learn why we are value investors. We'll talk about why we love value, why value has done so well over many years, the key to successful long-term investing and our investment philosophy, philosophy, exactly how we invest and manage our money at Will Assistant Management. We'll show you that. We'll talk about it. We'll answer your questions. 
Again, it's a free workshop, November uh, 17th. That's a Thursday at 6 p.m. in Scripps Ranch. Go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. Look forward to seeing you again on Thursday, November 17th in Scripps Ranch. All right, let's go up, uh, down to Imperial Beach and speak with Tim. Tim, you're on the Smart Vegetable, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hey, good morning, guys. I enjoy your show. Well, thank um, you. Kind of a general kind of a general question here with the inflation we're all experiencing right now and the uh, the recession that they're saying is coming whether it be a soft landing or a hard landing what are your thoughts on some of the discount stores like uh, uh, 99 cent store and the discount tree or the discount tree store and the other type of uh, public uh, public stores like that you know, I'd like to look at one. Can you think of a name of one, Chase, or the symbol of one? Uh, a 99 cent store is not publicly traded. Uh, I know there's five below, which I know is just expensive. Um, the, gosh, Big Lots was another one, but Big Lots I just don't think is that popular anymore. Yeah. Um, there's obviously Dollar Tree, Dollar General. Both of those are pretty pricey. I know I just kind of pulled up their forward earnings. <laughs> you, you, yeah, and that's what I was going to do. Do you have the symbol for Dollar Tree? or uh, Dollar General, let's see. I think Dollar Tree was actually the one that was an interesting buy perhaps, perhaps at the beginning of the year but i think they've kind of recovered in price so let's look at dollar tree perhaps it's dltr dltr yeah because i, I want to kind of look at that because then i can give a little more information here tim on on what they actually look like here um because i, I get the concept because yeah things are slowing down and, and I, my feeling is i don't believe we're gonna have a major recession i think it, it, it'll be a mild recession as long as that job market stays strong i don't think you're really going to feel it that much but it's one thing I see the direction you're going. Yeah, and I, I unfortunately too, I just kind of want to throw in that plug again for like uh, TJ Maxx and yeah. Ross stores. All those too, when I look at them, they're, they're just expensive still. Yep, yep. So, so, so let, we're taking a look at the Dollar Tree here as an example. It doesn't mean it's the one that you want to go with. Their symbol is DLTR. They are in the discount stores category. Only three point three percent float. Ninety eight percent institutional ownership. 22.8 is the P.E. ratio, but that is below the industry at 28.5, and that's for the all or the average for the discount uh, stores. Uh, price of sales, 1.3 versus 0.9. Price to tangible book value, 10.7. That's better than the industry at 22.2. Price of cash flow, though, very expensive, 29.4 versus 20.9. They do have a good peg ratio, 1.1 versus 6.4. Now, their earnings were up for Dollar Tree 9.5% over the past year. Uh, better than the industry at 9%. Sales only up 5.4 versus 4.4 for the industry. The growth rate looks very good, 20.8 versus 9.7. That's a nice five-year growth rate. They do not pay a dividend, unfortunately. Look at the balance sheet. Current ratio, 1.5 versus 1. Debt to equity, 1.2 versus 0.9. I'm okay with that as long as they don't increase their debt any long anymore. Uh, net profit margin, very good, 5.8 versus 3. Return equity. 18.7 versus 20.1. So, Jason, what do you got going forward on this company? I see their share price is not really on sale. Yeah, their current price here, $158.55, 52-week high, $177.19, and the low, $103.45. See, year-to-date, the stock's up 12.8%. And this guy, what I'm talking about, I remember some. it was sometime around last year, there was this big spread between Dollar Tree's valuations and Dollar General's valuation. Really? I'm going to pull them up. Dollar Tree's up 50% over last year, while Dollar General's up about 18%. So it looks like Dollar Tree was able to kind of resolve perhaps some of the issues they were having as their one-year performance has been quite strong. 
Now, this is kind of where the unfortunate part ensues. I go out to January 2024. I see estimated earnings per share here of $8.26. So using that in our 16.6 multiple, we get a target sell price of $137.12. So, I mean, I'd love to buy something like this, but I, I think people have started to pile into these names mm -hmm. uh, with concerns of recession. So I think a lot of that has already yeah. been pulled forward and it, it's just, it's too expensive. Uh, last year, I remember looking, I'm like, oh, actually you could get this on sale. Right. And, right. and now that, that opportunity unfortunately yeah. has passed. And, and actually, you yeah. know, we're all thinking the same thing. Like, okay, this is a great time because recession people buy more. That's not what the mean of 26 analysts are looking at 90 days ago the estimate earnings were $9.37. So they're looking at them earning less, not more. Maybe people, even during a recession, they won't be going there as much. So- well, The cost of labor could be a huge- That's true. Huge weight on them. The cost of- Transportation. Maybe in inventory. Yeah. They should be getting inventory for cheaper, but transportation, you're right. Yeah. So um, yeah, their cost could be climbing, maybe not their sales, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. so uh, just based on that, that, that estimate, Tim, I, I, I'm- Gonna say no, but Chase, you did bring up what was it Dollar General? Uh, Dollar General is not a buy either. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's yeah, because I've looked at all of them. Um, they're they're all just kind of trading around that twenty times future earnings range, which again we know the long term average sixteen point six. Yeah, well, thank, thanks, guys. You confirmed what I thought. I, I, I assumed that ship had sailed about a year ago, and it appears that it has. But uh, anyways, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. And I agree with you. Um, it's going to be a, a negligible recession, and then we can move on from this and get back to business. Yeah. And, and Tim, one thing that we look at is not where things will be in six months, but what's going to be hot two to three years from now. That's that's what that that's why again we kind of look at down the road because it, it is too late now to complain about the recession because it's here. Everybody knows about it, but what is on sale now that in two to three years will be hot? That's what we look at. Just give you a little tip there. Alrighty. So so. so so in that in that regard, let me just throw something else out at you. What what is your um, take on uh, lithium mining areas uh, and uh, you know uh, electrical batteries in that in that area? It's it's really competitive. You're getting the big Fords and and uh, and, and everybody else you know trying to uh, catch up to Tesla, but uh, taking it off the battery manufacturing going <clears throat> and going into the mining. Um, well, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, a big problem with that is that China does a lot of that, which is a, is a problem. And the ones that we've looked at, that I've looked at, uh, they're still making profits. And that's one thing, too. We want a company that's still profitable, that's on sale, that will do well two to three years down the road. Now, what you're looking at is that, you know, the, the, the batteries, that's something like a growth industry. Many times you don't have profits. So our, our philosophy is they've got to be having profits now and not a lot of debt. Other problem too. A lot of those companies have a lot of debt. Yeah, I mean, give you an example here, Tim. Is what we're looking at is stuff that that's profitable, but people hate right now. Like semiconductors, people hate semiconductors right now. It's our secret, Chase. I know. <laughs> I'm not gonna give them because there are the some that are still yeah, too expensive. <laughs> but you know, that's kind of what we want to find is things that have been tried and true over time, but that people just hate right now. That's what we want to find. Yeah. Okay, Tim. Right, right, right. Excellent, guys. Thanks so much. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. That does open the phone line. 833-288-0973. That's 833-288-0973. And it's 842, so it's time to talk to our financial planner, Harrison Johnson. Good morning, Harrison. How are you doing this morning? 
Good morning, guys. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Well, good, good. Today we're talking about how spouses' age difference affects Social Security. Wow, that's a that's a tough one to, to touch that age thing. Be careful here, but I'm going to let you turn the mic over to you. <laughs> <laughs> so with Social Security, you can collect any time between 62 and 70. Uh, you don't have to wait till your birthday or your full retirement age or anything. Any any month between 62 and 70, and every month you wait, it gets a little bit lo- uh, larger. I'm generally in favor of having people collect earlier as opposed to later, assuming that you're retired, because if you wait to collect, you still need to get that income from somewhere, and usually that comes from depleting your other assets, which can cause you to deplete your assets too quickly, or the withdrawals from those assets might be taxed higher than Social Security is. And also when you compute the net present value of different Social Security options, usually it points to collecting earlier as opposed to later. But the point that I want to talk about the age difference is in many cases, when you have an age gap between two spouses, I would say 10 years or more, um, then it can look a little bit different. Um, so when you have two spouses on Social Security, when the first passes, the survivor will keep the higher of the two. So they lose the lower of the two. And because of this fact, it can make sense for an older higher earning spouse to collect at 70 to get the highest amount and then have the younger lower earning spouse collect at 62. So by waiting until 70, the older spouse ensures that not only will they receive the larger amount for their lifetime, but then also their spouse will get that for their lifetime as well, which could be you know, a substantially longer period of time. So um, it's not always the case to look at that, but you know, I've recommended people look at age 62, 67, 70, any time in between there, it depends on the situation. But this is an example of, you know, it might make sense to, in some cases, wait till 70 if you're the older spouse and there is a large age gap. You know, and here's an, and this is like a great tip, and this is one of the many tips that you look at for your clients. And I know we got an email from somebody that I, I think they shopped around different financial planners and came back to you. So they're like, Harrison does better than anybody else. So, and this is why these little things you look at is little details like the age uh, of the spouses and so forth, and the age of the people, how to do things, as opposed to like just building a, 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 a financial plan off of some program or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I use a program to do it, but that's not the point. That's almost, I use the programs almost for um, presentation purposes, but the actual recommendation, you know, you have to look at income sources, assets, how that changes throughout time, spending, needs, taxes, all of these things. And by understanding that and, and how those all evolve over time, that's what um, how we choose to make the right decisions with Social Security and with everything else. Yeah, and, and, the, and the, because you, everybody uses a program, obviously, you, you'd be kind of silly to do it pencil and paper, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. <laughs> it's important to understand the details of what you're putting in and what you're getting out from that information, which a lot of financial planners don't. They're just so robotic about it, uh, just depending so much on the program as opposed to really understanding tips like you have and these different things that you think of on how to do better because you, you got to think about that. You do that with you know the Social Security, with, with the IRAs, with their pension, with their real estate. I mean, all these different things you do. I mean, just, it's just great. I just want to point that out. I mean, that's why you're so busy all the time because everybody wants to talk to Harrison Johnson to do their financial plan. So uh, we appreciate you, you being with us and uh, another great tip uh, from you there. All right. Well, uh, thanks for the time, guys, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. All right. Sounds good. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right, again, that's uh, Harrison Johnson. He is our financial planner. He's a CFP. He's on a salary. He does not uh, charge commissions or get paid off products. Uh, he, again, is on a salary, so it's an unbiased opinion. It is a fee-based financial plan. You want to sit down talk to Harrison, give him a call at the office at 858-546-4306. That's 
646-436-4306, or you can find them through the website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. All righty, phone numbers, uh, 833-288-0973. Again, that's 833-288-0973. Let's go to San Diego and speak with Jeff. Jeff, you're on the Smart Investor Brent Chase. How can we help you? Good morning, guys. Good morning. What can you tell me about Skechers? I know it's cheaper than Nike. Yes. Um, I don't wear their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe they're the second biggest shoemaker next to Nike. You know, and, I, on that. and I'm just thinking, I don't know why I don't have a pair of the shoes. I, Chase, have you ever tried them? No. Jeff, I, have, do you have a pair of Jeff? Uh, no, I wear Reebok. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I, and I'm excited about this because I know it's a popular shoe. I know, and I know I've looked at buying this company before, so I, I'm excited to look at this. But I'm just thinking, I don't know anybody that I can think of off the top of my head that has a pair of Skechers. And, and honestly, I've seen the commercial. Some of them look pretty cool. Yeah. It's not like they're they're not cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not like those Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's look at the numbers here for you, Jeff, and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Again, the company is a Skechers. Symbol is S. KX. Uh, they're in the footwear and accessories in industry. Only 5% uh, float on the short side, 98% institutional ownership. Uh, we do see PE ratio. Wow, very good. 7.5 versus 20.9. Yeah, that's what attracted me. To yeah, that. price to sales looks good too. 0.7 versus 1.8. Price to book value, 1.5. Tangible book value versus 30 for the industry. Price of cash flow does not look good though. 105.3 versus 25. You'd have to look at the cash flow statement to find out why that looks so strange. Range, and a no peg ratio, uh, unfortunately. Now, earnings over the last year are up 81.3%. The industry was down 6.1%. Sales, uh, well, they grew by 15.3% above the industry at 3.8%. We do see a five-year growth rate. Wow, I've never seen this number so high. I'm kind of skeptical of it. It's 1,462.5%, the five-year growth versus 41.5, so I would be skeptical of that 1,400% growth. Uh, unfortunately, do not pay a dividend. Uh, look at the balance sheet. Uh, current ratio, 2.3 versus 2.4. Uh, debt to equity, 0.5 versus 0.9, so we got a good balance sheet. Uh, net profit margin, 10.4 versus 9.3. Return on equity is 21. Not not quite as good as the industry at 35.1, but I, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. What, what do you got going forward, Chase? It's a current price here for Skechers was $33.36. 52-week high here, $50.81, and the low, $31.28, down about 23.1% so far this year. I don't believe that's as bad as Nike. I think Nike's been hit a little bit yeah, harder Yeah, Nike's here. down over 50%. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm assuming they're having inventory problems as well. At Skechers, uh, maybe just not as bad as Nike. But if I go forward to December 2023, I see estimated earnings per share here of $3.08. So if we use our 16.6 multiple on that $3.08, we would get a target sell price of $51.13. I mean, that looks very attractive. I mean, the valuations on Skechers are great. Uh, I would just want to know who are they selling to? Because they're not selling to me, they're not selling to you, and right. they're not selling to Jeff either. So who's, <laughs> who's buying the Skechers? Because the numbers look good, the balance sheet's strong, uh, even the growth going forward looks right. good. I mean, sales, uh, based off these analysts, looks to be growing about 9 10% over the next few years, and, and earnings look even stronger, growing you know, uh, 20 36% next year. I mean, it's kind of a depressed number, but the earnings and sales growth look look very good going forward. Hey, and I don't, are they sold in stores? They have their own... 
I, I don't stores? Know. I, I don't even know how to buy a pair of Skechers. Do you know, Jeff? I, I think they, they might have their own stores, like in shopping malls. Okay. Well, well I'm going to give you some research to do. You want to go to the mall today and buy a pair of Skechers and see how All they right. feel. <laughs> <laughs> because I like the numbers. I, I, I do see, I think they're mixed in with a lot of apparel. That nine days ago, the estimate on earnings was 363, so they are coming down. But they've got a good balance sheet. They've got good profits. They've got good growth rates. They've got a lot of good things here. This this could be a good business. And you have to hold it for probably, again, two, three years, what we like to hold things for. And, and again, you're not paying much for it. Uh, what was the price you said? The 30-something, Chase? It was uh, 33, 36. I, I think it's a pretty good price for it. And then all, if it goes to just like 45, I mean, you you make a 50% return on that. Yeah, so. I got distracted. I'm on their website just looking at shoes right now, just seeing what they got. And they got some stuff that looks pretty cool. Okay, so Jeff, call in next week. Next week, you're going to be wearing Skechers. Chase and I will go out and buy a pair. We'll all be wearing Skechers and see what we think. <laughs> and, and the price will go up, right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, Jeff, thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Um, you, you know, we kind of joke about Chase, but it is true. I mean, you want to understand the product. You want to try to some of your own personal research. And, and, and we had a client that uh, he's unhappy with one company we have because the service he got was bad. It's a huge company. And I said, that's gonna happen. You got 4,000 locations across the country. You could want a store that had a bad manager and so forth, but you still wanna understand the product. And, and, and I, I joke about the, the shoe, but I, I, I know we had a client that I looked at buying Skechers before and she loved them. Yeah. I love my Skechers. I see you can take up to 40% off select sales right now. Yeah, that's probably why the earnings are down. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think they have the inventory issue as well. But I mean, I don't know. I I I would get a pair of these. I don't know how they are. Is like, are they workout shoes? Are they wear around shoes? I mean, I I just I don't know. I mean, I I just know I've always been a Nike guy when it comes to you know football, and then right. I, that that kind of affinity for Nike after playing for so many years carried over into you know just kind of the walk around gear and stuff. Right. But I don't know. And, and, and flip-flops, they don't make flip-flops, I don't think And so. wasn't there some uh, big sports guy that's promoting Skechers uh, that they actually had some special shoe thing, something? I, I think, yeah, Joe Montana Joe was, Montana was, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah, he's a big Skechers guy, Joe Montana. Yeah. Well, he advertised yeah. it on the way to But, uh, but I, I think it is important, cause I, and I've, I've looked at this company over the years, and they've always had good financials. Yeah. Um, but they've not been on sale. I mean, now from a high of 50 down to 33, I, I think it'd be worth looking at this company because, and, and we like to hold companies that build stuff and they build their own shoes. Uh, you look on the website, does it say anything if they're, they're sold in stores or their own You locations? know, no, it looks like I can obviously just buy them online, but I mean, they, they do have slip-ons, boots, they do have sandals, athletic sneakers, casual sneakers, boat shoes. I mean, the boat shoes actually look pretty cool too. Really? I mean, the casual sneakers look pretty cool. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I might, I might be... Walking away here with a forty percent off shoe because I needed I need a new <laughs> shoe anyways. Well, you might you might the one, and I hate shopping. I think you hate shopping oh, as I hate well. It. Yeah, but it's I mean, just easy. I'm on the website right now. Website. Maybe I'll buy them. But I the... but I don't like to buy stuff online because you get it like oh that's the wrong size. Got to send it back. Um, I like to go ahead and try them on and so forth. So may, maybe uh, uh, maybe I'll find some time to do that. But um, let's talk about the the workshop because again you, you know we talk about you hear the radio show you hear the the numbers we go over. Well, the workshop, again, we've not done it in five months. This will be obviously the last one for the year. It's going to be Thursday, November 17th at 6 o'clock. Seating is limited. It's going to be in Scripps Ranch. But it's a great place to learn about the fundamentals of investing and the strategies we use to find good value investments, how to invest during volatile markets. Wow, we got that for sure. So you want to know how to invest during these crazy times. And investing to build wealth 
and get you to retirement. This is all the things we talk about, and we take your questions. We get to talk to people afterwards as well. But what you have to do, you have to sign up. Again, it's Thursday, November 17th, 6 o'clock in Scripps Ranch. Go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And we do have a great time uh, doing that as well, uh, doing the workshop and, and talking with people. So uh, like to see you there. But remember, seating is limited. Yeah, no, I'm excited about that. And I was going to say, last comment on schedule before I move on, but you know, don't take fashion advice from me either. So <laughs> I, I said they look pretty cool. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. So yeah. you're not a fashion mogul, I guess, uh, as they call it. Fashionista, not, I think it's I, called. Fashionista, I yeah. You're not, what's his name? Yeah, uh, not Yanni. Uh, who's the, the rapper that uh, did a lot with fashion? Actually, you got oh, Kanye. 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 I guess now he's called Ye. 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 Uh, where actually, I guess he lost some big contracts from Gap and somebody Adidas. else. Adidas. Adidas. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on there, but he was kind of fashionista, I guess, as you call it. Yeah. Uh, and and now now he's not. But uh, but you know what you like. You're 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 the type of guy that. I like it, you know, I don't care if I'm gonna like impress everybody, but it feels good, I'm gonna wear it and, and enjoy it. You are making a fashion statement though, I'm gonna put this out there. If people notice and I watch you on TV, you're the only guy around that wears just a vest. No jacket, the vest is I, I have noticed uh, Attorney King. What? On his he's billboard, taking your idea? On billboard, she's got just a vest <laughs> and I'm like, oh man. Hopefully he didn't beat me to it. No. I don't think so, because he always used to wear a jacket, so uh, maybe he saw Look at his billboards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will look at his billboards, but yeah, yeah. So it's kind of kind of your thing as opposed to wearing the jacket. So, yeah. <laughs> You know, one thing I did want to talk about, we, we got a few minutes here, was was the big move on actually two companies. I don't know what I want to talk about. I think Apple. let's pick Apple. I want to do Facebook, but I'm you want to do No, I'll do it, because we, we have more data next week on Meta, so I think okay. let's do that next week. Okay, so so let's talk about Apple a little bit. I I, I got to pull it up, but uh, you know that they did do the, the only tech company. Well, Netflix did well, uh, but out of uh, what Amazon and Google and and uh, Microsoft, Apple's the only one that really turned around and went up. And it was when we listened to it, like why? Yeah, I mean they they did beat on earnings, they beat on sales. They didn't really give real guidance for the end of the year. They're saying it was better than anticipated, but it wasn't really real guidance. So it's kind of strange. Um, and the thing that concerns me, and we've talked about this, and I'm just going to give people the numbers. You can make your own opinion from it, I guess, is the forward earnings multiple is still 23 times earnings. This year, you're looking for 2% earnings growth. Next year, 8% earnings growth. And sales is even worse. This year, 3% sales growth. And next year, 5%. Sales. You're not getting much growth. Right. And the big thing that people would always talk about is, oh, their services, their services. You don't get it because their services are growing at 20% a year. Their service revenue? 4.9% year-over-year growth. Yep. I don't know where that next catalyst for growth is going to come from to push Apple higher. And people, it's funny, they get all excited about the stock buybacks for Apple. Oh, they bought back, I think, like $25 billion worth. Well, yeah, but it, it's a multi-trillion dollar company now. Right. That's what, $2 trillion. Yeah. So $25 billion is not that much. And, and the other thing, too, when you talked to, you said the Ford PE is, what, 23? 23. Well, the current PE is 25.5. One thing you normally see is a big difference from that. That's not a big difference. Again, talking more about that growth, it, you're not getting a great deal here. Normally, if the PE is 25, you'd like to see that Ford PE, you know, 18, 19, to get some good deals going forward. It's just not there. And I know, I, I think what maybe happened, all those big tech investors were very disappointed on Amazon, Google, Microsoft. Oh, let's buy Apple because they didn't do as bad. That's all you can think of because why the stock went up. And again, it's a great company, great product but you are not paying up, uh, well, you are paying up for the growth 
and you're way overpaying for that growth. We'll see how holiday sales go with iPhone 14. I've said it before. Maybe iPhone 14's okay. Are but you going to buy an iPhone 14? No, no, absolutely not. Your 7's still going to be good? Uh, I got the 8. Oh, the 8. Oh, you moved up. <laughs> I got the 8. I may get the SE if this thing craps out here, but not the 14. How's that? Do? I mean, the 8. So that's how old now? Five years old? <laughs> no, so, I think I've had this thing since I first moved home, so it's got to be at least eight years. Seven, eight years, yeah. Seven, eight years. I'm still working. Yep. That's the important part. All right. Well, this is a closing bell. Thank you for listening to Smart Investing Show. It is for informational purposes only and should not be used as investment advice. If you'd like to discuss in more detail your investment needs or have other investment questions, feel free to call myself, Brent Wilsey, or Chase Wilsey at 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. And visit our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. We got that workshop coming up November 17th, so sign up for that. And for more information, go to our Facebook page, Smart Investing with Brent Chase Wilsey. Thanks for listening to Smart Investing Show. We're back next week. Have a great day. Today, I did all that. And may I say,